This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast brought to you in association with TalkSport Fan Network, which we're very proud to be on. Um, I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by former United youth player Phil Marsh to talk over the last week at Manchester United. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments and questions in. Um, if you're watching the replay, feel free to say hello. Um, we do reply to every comment that we get. And also, if you're watching back on you on Twitter, I think that it should be airing on Twitter now. I'll just double-check. Yep, looks like it is. If you're watching on Twitter, um, if you try and get your questions in underneath the tweet, I'll try and get as many as I can um, while we're while we're live. So if you are watching live on Twitter, I'll just comment underneath the, the tweet, and I'll try and get to any questions that you might have. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm joined by Phil Marsh. How are you doing, Phil? You all right? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Wayne. Uh, good week for me. Back back doing some training and stuff. So after a long layoff, I'm uh, starting to sort of gradually feel like a little bit more normality and routines coming back into my life. And um, but yeah, obviously, you know, just good to be back um, doing a little bit and obviously great to have the football back, <laughs> albeit it wasn't a, a stellar performance on Monday night. But, um, you know, three points is three points. And uh, yeah, as I said, just glad to have, have the football back. Yeah, I don't know what you're saying, not stellar performance. Um, we'll get to that straight away. We'll talk about United 1, Will Wolves nil. Um, like I said, um, just give me a chance to catch up on Twitter. If you're watching on Twitter, um, feel free to ask us any questions underneath the, the tweet that the, the video's streaming in. And obviously, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, if you just make a comment and then uh, in the usual way, and then we'll get to that if we can. Um, okay, so United won, Wolves nil. Phil, um, very much a case of. You know, we were saying before, you know, Wolves with the time-wasting reputation, they've just changed the manager, and it's Gary O'Neill coming in, expecting there to be a lot of time wasted and everything like that. And really, you know, it was a difficult watch. But Wolves, you know, like, you know they were fairly adventurous. You couldn't really put the, the blame at their door for it being a poor game. That was really United looking sluggish, actually looking 
like it was um, an end of season game from from last season. Look really late. Oh, look like it was a first preseason game, um, which is a bit of a surprise considering that we were quite vibrant against Lawns in the last Old Trafford friendly. There was none of that against Wolves. It took a long time to get going. Um, you got know, really fortunate that Wolves were profligate with the finishing. Um, and you know, there were a few times where they, they broke through the midfield. I think United, they what they really struggled with was the fact that you know, Gary O'Neill had come in and it, it was going to be unpredictable that they were going to set up. Um, and it took for a long period really for United to get settled into the game. If they ever really did, they had one good passage, uh, from which the goal came, and then really, apart from that, it. The last sort of 15 minutes, Wolves were attacking and they looked like they were playing against 10 men, the amount of space that they were creating. And you might put that down to Mount being a little bit anxious on his first Old Trafford game. Um, Bruno not really complying with tactical instructions, you know, a bit anxious to get on the score sheet or to add a second goal. It was leaving Casemiro in a difficult position and he didn't have the best of games either. So, you know, missed bag all round, really. Rashford not really impressing as well really deflating um, even. Um, but you know, I'd won the game and, and you know, we'll get to Onana in a little bit as well. Uh, what did you, well, in fact, we'll get to all the incidents like the goal and Onana in a little bit, but what what did you think of the game overall? Do you think United deserved to win or do you think they got away with it? Yeah, I think, um, firstly, just before we obviously move on to the United performance, I think it'd be a little bit unjust if we didn't mention and give credit to Wolves. I thought they was outstanding on the night. Um, a totally, really uncharacteristic performance, what I think a lot of us were expecting. I think, you know, they was um, on the front foot. They was really lively. I think they won the majority of the individual battles on the night. Um, and, you know, they was first to all the second balls. They looked stronger, fitter, sharper uh, all over the pitch. Um, so I think, you know, maybe underestimating them a little bit on the night um, played into to maybe some of the way that um, the game panned out. But um, yeah, just thought I'd give them a little plug on that because I thought they was very good on the night and very, very unlucky to not come away with anything from the game. Um, touching on ourselves, yeah, I thought, you know, we, we started the game pretty slow and, and sort of um, didn't really look at the races from, from minute one for me. I thought, uh, the midfield was probably the biggest issue um, throughout the 90 minutes. I think Casemiro was sort of getting exposed and left uh, at times on his own. And, and we've seen it, you know, three or four times during the game. The, the Wolves midfield was, you know, carrying the ball from their own half towards the edge of our 18-yard box, which which shouldn't be happening. Um, I think, you know, part of that, again, is, is maybe down to the discipline of some of our midfielders, you know, maybe Mount, maybe... Should have realised on the on the um, maybe second or third time that that was happening that he maybe needed to sit a little bit deeper and give a little bit more protection and help to Casemiro. But again, that that maybe comes down to you know not giving Wolves the credit that he maybe deserves and maybe you know a little bit sort of you know setting up in a way that you know you probably thought that that wouldn't have been a case, the case on the night and and just yeah. sort of not dealing with it during the game. You know the the man management type of thing. So. Again, I think you know that that comes down to the experienced players and the leaders on the pitch being able to sort that out and, and deal with that during the game, um, which didn't happen. Um, I think overall, um, 
you know, Wolves were far the better team. However, we we did show little bits of resilience at times um, and, and sort of got through them tricky spells without conceding. I think a lot of that, you know, as well came down to a little bit of luck and them not having that, you know, proper centre forward who's going to maybe, you know, be clinical and score the goals. Um, but again, you know, you, you do need a little bit of luck at times in games. And I think, you know, we did ride our luck and, and when we did get that opportunity, you know, it was a, it was a well-taken goal. Wampasaka got in a good area. Uh, I thought he was a probably you know one of the only positives on the night. Really, I thought he had a decent game and, and sort of you know looked the the most lively if you like. And I thought it was a, a good little ball into an area where someone could go and attack it. And luckily, Varane was in there and, and put that away. Um, but yeah, it was definitely it was definitely not a stellar performance. I thought a lot of players looked off the pace, looked sluggish, um, didn't look at the races. Um, I think before the game, I was happy that maybe Garnacho got the start, but obviously he was very underwhelming and, and didn't really um, live up to the billing, if you like, and, and sort of rise to the occasion, which can happen. He's you know he's a young lad. He's, he's you know going to have ups and downs and, and maybe games where he, he doesn't sort of um, you know cut the mustard. But I think yeah, it was it was just one of them games where. You know, it's the first game. We'll come away from it and we'll think, you know, we've we've got away with murder really and, and got the three points. But uh, obviously, we we need to vastly uh, improve and, and quickly because I think the games are only going to get harder from here on in. Yeah, um, Dan says, "Evening, Dan. Hope you you're well. Looking forward to seeing you next week, mate." Um, he says, "Do you think the players were not fit and ready? Was it anxiety, or perhaps we got the tactic wrong?" Do you think a little bit of all all of that, right, Phil? I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, fit, I mean, fitness might be a bit harsh, but the, yeah. the other two, certainly. I, th- I think a lot of it as well is comes down to, we had a, a very hectic pre-ski, a pre-season schedule, so there's a lot of travelling, there's a lot of games, you know, there's a lot of players, you know, coming back from, you know, World Cups and whatever. So I think the pre-season was quite heavy. We played a lot of games, a lot of travelling. Um, some of the players, obviously, there was a little break as well in between that sort of before the season started. So, you know, again, that that um, begs the question to, you know, have certain players not, you know, prepared themselves and looked after themselves in the best way that they could have done and got themselves in the best shape for ready for the start of the season. You, you know, you'd you'd expect this day and age and and sort of. You know, I mean, a first game at Old Trafford, the, the players should have been chomping at the bit to come out and put on a performance and try and put a, a marker down, really, for for the rest of the teams to to look at us and say, you know, we're we're um, you know going to have a good go at it again this year after a, a sort of positive year last year um, and showing that progression. Um, but yeah, as I say, it didn't really work out that way. Obviously, you know, you, you've got to put into consideration as well. There's there's new signings who's come in, so it's going to take a little bit of time to gel um, and sort of, you know, for everyone to sort of find the feet and, and make them relationships work. But I just think it was a very, very flat and underwhelming performance. And as I say, we, we sort of was very, very lucky really to come away with the three points. I thought Wolves were at least you know, good for a point on the night. And as I say, you know, we are going to have to improve massively and whether that's a tinker in the formation or personnel uh, against Tottenham, obviously we'll, we'll, obviously time will tell with that. But I think certainly we, we need to, you know, step up the performance if we are going to, you know, get anything out of that game. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny, 
looking at that, I mean, we'll, look, we'll talk about Anana in a minute because obviously Anana deserves a comment section all of his own from, from us too for his um, mixed performance on, on Monday, which did get them out of the match, we should say. Um, but yeah, I think throughout the team, if you look through it, you're damn right in terms of saying that uh, Juan Basaka was uh, the best player. I thought he was he was outstanding. I know man, the match was given to him, but I thought Juan Basaka picked up where he left off last season. And I think that's, uh, evening Robbie will be doing all right, mate. Um, I think that's the point for me, is that Juan Basaka, all of these players as individuals, apart from Verana Martinez and, and Casemiro, because Casemiro's got his own... Um, you might include Fernandez in this number as well. Um, that they've got their own legacies in terms of like what they provide and, and everything like that. But there are a number of individuals like Shaw, even Rashford, um, with, with the new contracts and everything like that. These players who maybe have one good season and then one poor season, a lot of pressure on these players to sort of step up. But particularly a player like Shaw, that you know he was so good last season and. We've often said this show, well, he's a, a great responder to competition and Matt, now he might be looking at that and saying, this is my first team place. That's when he generally gets complacent or Rashford. There, there's room for complacency in his game because there's, you know, you would think he's going to start somewhere across that forward line. He's one of the, he's possibly the only one who's guaranteed to start across that forward line. Um, so you're looking at those players and really hoping that the complacency or um, the pressure of that um the second season of like they played well they're not going to play well because they really really need to kick on um there's a massive weight on their shoulders i, I don't want to add to it but it's there you can't avoid that for those yeah. two players in particular sean rafa they've really got to um step up again and they've got to add that consistency to their game if united are uh, let's let's be frank there like sure he's uh, 10 years at the club Rashford is sort of is he like seven, seven or eight years into the first team now. We're talking yeah. about players who they, and I'm I'm not saying this is like my level of expectancy, but the level of expectancy that's delivered by the club if they want long-term careers, or if Shaw is going to be remembered in the way that he, he wants to be remembered, and that his talent is there to be, you've got to start challenging for titles. And yes, right, I don't think that the team. Well, the squad is ready for that. I don't think we're good enough because I think City are um, by far and away, um, for, for multiple reasons, they're, they're the best squad and they're the best team that should be expected to win it. But from United's perspective, in terms of accumulating the level of consistency in the other 36 games, that's the weight of responsibility that's on those players. We know that in those 36 games, the points to win the title can be achieved. So as much as I will say that against about City, um, I, it's still the point that um, the points are there to be won in the other games, and this is where these players are. That's why I feel a little bit of sympathy for them on, on Monday night because you're already starting as the tenth game. Everyone, Arsenal's already won, City have already won quite comfortably. Yeah, right, Liverpool um, and, and Spurs didn't, and Chelsea didn't, but the main two contenders for the title. I've already got points on the bag, and United are points on the board. United are expected to win, and win well um, against an opponent that's traditionally frustrated them. Old Trafford, very much like a cat and mouse kind of thing. So I do have a little bit of sympathy in that regard. Um, let's talk about an honour then. Um, man of the match, he was officially given. Um, made some great saves. There was one that he made with his legs. I know David De Gea was great at saving with his body, like. 
um, unorthodox saves all the time. But there was one that um, Onana made with his legs that I thought maybe in recent years David would have let in. So I thought, oh, all right, he's making un- unpredictable saves in, in that same kind of manner. And then, of course, um, there was a great pass out to Garnacho at one point, which had started an attack, although we didn't do anything with it. And then there was the, the incident at the end where, you know, if we're going to say you've seen them given, you might even flash back to that one that was Southampton last season where one wasn't given. But normally you look at that and I, I thought that's a penalty on first watch. All right. On second watch, I can see where people are making that argument that, that you know, that he's won the ball kind of, or the ball's already gone. So, oh yeah, he didn't win the ball. Ball's already gone. So should it be a penalty or all that sort of stuff? I can see that argument, but I thought it should have been a penalty and it would have probably then ended in a, a disappointing way for United and Anna. But what did you make of his debut? Yeah, no, I agree. I thought his, his uh, performance really overall was pretty solid. I thought uh, his distribution was good. Um, you know, the saves that he did make, I thought, you know, you'd expect a keeper of his calibre to make them saves, but, you know, he dealt with everything uh, pretty well. Um, as I say, you know, Wolves were probably the better team in terms of chances created and, and the chances they did have. Um, you know, when they did hit the target, you know, he was, he was up to the task. I thought, as I said, you know, overall his performance was good. Uh, I agree, obviously, the, the penalty for me was was a penalty. Um I think he's he's sort of came and just you know in, into a bit of a no man's land and just probably thought he could get something on it and he, he has clattered into the uh, the Wolves centre forward and, and we we have definitely got away with one there I think um, for me uh, personally that's that's my own take on it but again we you know with VAR decisions you, you'll sort of get the rub of the green one week and then you know in a couple of weeks time we'll probably get a decision where we're looking at it and saying you know we what's going on so I think they do they do even themselves out over the course of the season so although from Wolves point of view you know you, you're probably fuming and kicking yourself that you haven't you know been given that decision and maybe come away with a point I think you know throughout the season they, they, they do sort of even themselves out so it could be a case where we're looking at one in a couple of weeks time and saying you know how's, how's that been given and we've probably dropped points so yeah, but but on Onana, yeah, I think he, he he looked pretty solid. It was a good good debut, as I say. You know, a clean sheet on his debut would have been what he was looking for. You know, albeit with that penalty shout, you know, probably overshadowing the the sort of performance. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. But again, you know, you can build on that and 
I think he'll learn from that. I think that'll be a learning curve for him now with, you know, coming for crosses. Maybe, you know, sometimes I think as a goalkeeper, you want that from your goalkeeper where he's coming, clattering people and trying to take people out and, and you know, get the ball clear or whatever. But I think that one the other night was probably just because it was the last minute and it was sort of, you know, a little bit frantic and Wolves were pushing for that equaliser. I think it was just a little bit maybe of rush of blood from him and, you know, he's, he's just made a, a bit of a judgmental error and we have got away with one there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, a solid start in, in every other regard. You know, he looked dominant in the box. He came for a lot of crosses and everything like that and a lot of character, which you are going to need if you're a goalkeeper at Manchester United. They won't succeed for sure. Um, a couple of comments to get to. Stuart, even May, it'll be all right. If, if Lee Jettisons is again on next Friday's pod, I'll, I'll give you a shout out if you want to come on. <laughs> but um, Lee, um, yeah, he's otherwise engaged at the moment again. Um, he says, Evening, Wayne Phil. Agree totally with your assessment so far. Common sense during games is pivotal, but so is in game reading, something we liked on Monday. Yeah, I, I don't know again if I put that down to the anxiety. And as well, when you've got a player like Garnacho, who is his instinct is to run the players um, and try and get behind players, you've got Fernandez who tries the risky stuff, and then you've got Rashford who um, a lot of times, a little bit like Rooney in a way. I know they're different kind of players, but if they've got too much time on the ball, their deliberation often costs them. If, if you understand, that sounds like it's a bit of an oxymoron with players of that quality, but you would find it with Rooney. They've got a second to shoot or a second to score, a second to make something happen. They generally do. Rashford's the same. Um, if he's doing it, if he's got to do it very quickly, something good will generally happen. But if he's got time, um, often it can go down a blind alley. And uh, United do have, like, when you've got three forwards like that, and, and Anthony as well, who um, is predominantly right side, um, then, you know, it does make it a little bit difficult for for some of the, the players. Uh, well, it did on Monday night, especially an opponent. Like, you know, Wolves are still defensively resolute and they restricted United to very few chances, as can be proven by the fact that you've got a centre-back going up and finding the space to score and one sack of breaking the line to, to make the assist. I mean, that's all about how obstinate um, Wolves were in defence. Um, Robbie says... Onana was much deeper than in pre-season. Yeah, that's definitely true. He was. He started teaching. I, I was looking for that. And uh, definitely no chance of him getting lobbed from the halfway line this time around. And Robbie says, oh, for the, for the Brentford game, I don't know when that is. That, that's September, that isn't it? United have got a run of a few home games at Saturday at 3 o'clock, which is a miracle. Um, I can tell you that from um, last season. It was... A rare thing in well, it always is a rare thing indeed. Um, so next on the agenda is Spurs tomorrow, um, 5 30 kickoff afternoon, um, away from home, and they won't have Harry Kane. They drew 2 2 with Brentford, very entertaining game last week. Phil, I don't know if you caught it. First half was a thrill a minute, um, and then the second half was a bit dollars. Both teams sort of calmed down a little bit. Um, Spurs do look enterprising. There's that um, element about their game that you're curious about to see how they'll develop in post-Kane era because will they become more... You know, like we've always said with United, when, when they've lost a player, that they become more fluid as a result of losing a player. The problem with that with Harry Kane is that he was so 
he wasn't like a rigid number nine like Ronaldo. He wasn't someone who's going to be a target man and completely alter the style of the play. He does that because he's a dominant player in terms of personality. But Kane did everything. He, you know, he was a kind of player who would join in the build up and he, he was able to get on the end of everything. So a player like that is obviously going to change. It's like losing. Not exactly the same, but you'll know where I'm coming from. Like losing Ronaldo the first time round, or losing Rooney at his peak. Like a player that instrumental in everything that the team does, um, so much so that I know Son has replaced him as captain. He's been a great player, but um, even he, um, he, he just wouldn't have the same kind of influence as, as Kane. And there was a time when I would say that they were, you know what I mean? They were very close in terms of quality. But Kane became so influential over that last sort of three years that. As, as would a player of that quality, that they're obviously going to miss him. It's going to take some time to get um, used to playing without him, and that time isn't going to be learned in the space of a week. So that's a good thing for United, as far as as far as we're concerned, going into the game and the first home game without Kane. Obviously, they're going to be up for it, but he's going to be missing. So it's a big sort of opportunity for us to um, take advantage of that. Having said that, Wolves were good last last weekend. It, you know their organisation is is looks to be improving. I mean, there are a few Spurs fans who I, I do follow on social media for who talk about the the work has kind of gone under the radar because it's been overshadowed by Kane. Now, I don't know if that's true. We're going to see that tomorrow. It, you know, what what are you expecting from this? Are you expecting it to be a little bit easier because we don't have Kane, or do you think that United um, ought to be cautious in what to expect? No, I, I definitely think the latter. I think the uh, they do look like a good side. Um, you know, even through pre-season, even though obviously Kane was still there, they, they, they did impress me. And I think um, with the players that they have still got, obviously Harry Kane was was the main player. That's that's obvious to say. But um, I do think they have still got a lot of attacking quality. You know, Kulisevsky, Richarlison, um, and Son are, are three very good players. And on the day, they can cause problems for for any outfit. So. Um, I think you had James Madison into the mix as well now. You can obviously, you know, create things and, and will, you know, pick up them pockets in the midfield uh, and look for them them balls into them front three. So, yeah, I think we're definitely going to be have to be, um, you know, up for it and, and sort of, you know, that midfield battle will need to be, you know, where it's won and lost. I think, obviously, the other night against Wolves, that was where, you know, we kept getting exposed time after time and the, the gaps at some points in the game was, was ridiculous. Um, so that will definitely need addressing. Um, I think, you know, whether the manager tinkers with, you know, the three players that started the other night or, you know, maybe reverts to a, a sort of different formation, possibly brings McTominay into that and, and just gives you that little bit more solid base and, and sort of protection in the midfield. Um, for me, I think obviously Sancho will, will will come back into the team for for Ganacho just on the basis that I think the other night he, he sort of uh, struggled a little bit and you know being a young player you, you you need to protect them at times and and dip them in and out the team um, as and when so I'm confident in the fact that I think you know we can't really play any worse and I'm hoping that we can you know have a positive reaction uh, from. The other night, because I think that was a little bit of a kick up the backside, really. Um, and the manager will be, you know, wanting a lot better and a lot more from the players. So I think that will work in our favour. However, I think it will be um, a tougher game. Obviously, it's an it's a, it's an away game at Tottenham, who aren't really, 
you know, after Harry Kane leaving, I probably, you know, people aren't tipping them to to do much this season. They'll probably be, you know, people saying they'll they'll be happy probably to finish in the top six, which, you know, is is sort of a frightening situation really, because they've probably got nothing to to lose. They can just, you know, have a free hit this season and, you know, the expectations aren't probably there from everybody else. Whereas I think, you know, in-house they will be looking at it and saying, you know, we could be a dark horse this year because they have got um, a quality uh, group of players on the day, and, and if they can get a little bit of consistency within that, um, they, they will be a, a good side this year for me. Yeah, I'm still surprised that Kane went, you know, happened. So I know that it was protracted, people talk about it all summer, but the speed in which the transfer happened caught me by surprise. I was like, oh, God, he's going over there. Like, still thinking to a few of us, I know that Dan's one of them. Um, we joke about it, me and Dan. That um, you know, the United might still hijack the deal. Um, as unlikely as that seemed, that would have been the scenario where United might have done that because, you know, yeah. um, because because Spurs had accepted an offer and they accepted it was going. So if United had come in with just like a little bit more, yeah, they might have dug in and done that. But uh, it's, he's I, there. I, was shocked. I was shocked myself when, to be honest, that he went. Um, I, I do actually still think though that he he sort of probably will come back maybe after a couple of years I think he'll probably go over there and try and win a couple of trophies I think he will definitely want to come back and, and sort of finish his career off in the Premier League and get that goal scoring record um, you know whether he goes back to Tottenham or whatever is, is you know yet to be seen but I think that that will be um, you know what is, is in his head because I think he's obviously worked so hard to, to get to a point in his career where he's so close to breaking it and I think it would be you know silly if he didn't try and get that and and sort of you know finish his career off with with sort of that to to his name because as I say I think a lot of people look at professional footballers and and base their careers on what they've won and how many trophies they've got and stuff like that and I think for Harry obviously being you know brought up at Tottenham being at the club from such a young age he's he's shown that loyalty which you know a lot of uh, is, is rare in this day and age. You know, you don't really see a lot of loyalty in football um, anymore. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, for him, he, he, he's probably done the thing what he thought in terms of he, he will want to, you know, have some silverware to his name. And, and, you know, with Bayern Munich, the likelihood is, you know, he is going to win the uh, Bundesliga and, and potentially have a, a couple of trophies maybe in the, the other domestic cups in Germany and, potentially a Champions League so you can't blame him hopefully you know he does come back and you know break the record because I do I do rate him very highly as a player I was I was quite upset and, and gutted really we didn't put that late bid in and, and bring him in because I think he would have catapulted us to um you know even higher levels than than you know we are present but uh yeah as I say it's it's a different Tottenham and and I think you know for for a few reasons, it could it could um, work in a positive form because I think obviously playing with Harry Kane, he is a bespoke player and and sort of he does do things that um, you know not many can do in terms of dropping in the holes and playing them balls in behind. He doesn't just you know score goals. He has got a lot more to his game. Um, so yeah, it is obviously a loss for them. But I think with the the quality that we've still got, it is it's going to be still a very tough game. Yeah, Dan says, don't get me started on Kane. Uh, Kane aside, Spurs are difficult to deal with. Uh, the big miss was not going in for Rice. 
exactly what we need and wanted United last night, according to many reports. Yeah, I think if there was a game, the game where Rashford scored in the last minute a couple of seasons ago and uh, Rice was unbelievably dominant in that game. Uh, it was unbelievable. And I remember him afterwards really talking up the, the stage. You know, Old Trafford, he was, it was a, the biggest come and get me plea that I've ever seen from a player in the last sort of five years. It was it was dead obvious. But he's gone to Arsenal and singing Arsenal songs, apparently, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, I thought that we'd use Harry Maguire as a make point in that. Um, before we go, Phil, there is talks of. Maguire, um, the move to West Ham might be back on, uh, fueled by talk that he's not in the squad to travel to um, the Spurs game, which sort of lends itself to the idea that um, if he's not West Ham, he's in talks somewhere else um, to go. Um, we could say this about a number of different things going on the club at the moment, but you would feel that it's better if it's dealt with swiftly for all parties, um, especially Maguire. I mean, it's the the kind of criticism that he's got in the last week. I mean, I find it a little bit unfair that, you know, he's he signed a contract. The contract, apparently this is what it comes down to, but he got a, a bonus for the Champions League that's reflected in a higher wage, and he, he wants that reflected in a payout. People are saying, oh, well, there's no such precedent for that in modern football. There is. It's in, in many transfers, if you choose to look. I mean, Sanchez, when he went to winter, we had, we literally had to pay to get rid of him because of the contract that was given to him before. So it has been done. I think even Lukaku, there might have been something there, but it's definitely the case with Sanchez. Um, and I don't, on that score, do I blame Maguire for sort of weighing it out and seeing what would happen? No, because he's kind of entitled to him. He's got to take a step down. He's kind of accepting that. Well, he wants to deal that's best for him, and I can understand that. The other side of it is that it is a step down, and you would be reluctant to leave United because once you leave United, you're not going back, and you know it's a big step for him to to make at this moment in time. Um, I'm not going to ask you to comment on all the contractual stuff, Phil, but you've got to agree, right? It's better if it, if it gets dealt with swifter for him and for, for everyone, really. So we don't want... I, I'm not in the process of buying on players, and I don't really want to do that with Maguire, and I think uh, I'm seeing it. He's, he's a target for abuse anyway, and I'm seeing more of that. So it's better, better for him, better for everyone, if he just sort of gets dealt with swiftly. Yeah, no, 100% agree with that. I think, um, you know, for him as a player, he, he obviously wants to be playing football. And, and if he's not going to be playing regular first-team football at Manchester United, then um, although, as you just touched on there, you are reluctant to leave the club because of everything that the, the club stands for and everything that comes with it, I think from a professional and a personal standpoint, you know, you, you need to, you know, Look at yourself, and and as I say, he will want to be playing regular football in terms of keeping his place in the England setup, um, you know, keeping himself match fit, and and just, you know, that there's nothing worse really than you know sitting on a bench and not feeling like you're part of the, you know, team, and you, he's been getting a little bit of abuse and all that kind of stuff. I think if he goes somewhere now, you know, if it's West Ham or wherever he goes, it's a fresh start for him. He can, you know be excited about you know getting his career back on track he's, he's probably going to be a regular starter and um, you would think he, he's going to move to somewhere that's a little bit lower down um and yeah you know that there's nothing better than playing games of football so i, I think it's the right time for him as you say it's best for, best for both parties he's 
he's not really going to be in the manager's plans, um, you know, with, with everyone being fit. So, yeah, you know, if we can get a little bit of money back for him and, you know, put that towards an, another player um, and he can go on and, you know, kick on with his own career, then, as you say, that's the, the, the best thing for both parties. Yeah, um, agreed. Right, well, that's us for this week. Um, short one this week because we don't have Lee to sort of keep the side bubbling over with conversation. Phil and I straight to the point. Yeah, good result against Wolves. Not a great performance. Anana did well. Spurs, tricky prospect at the end. Um, we'll give you a little bit more conversation than that. Um, Phil and I will be back next week, hopefully with Lee. Maybe even with Dave as well. I know Dave's meant to be over. I don't know if he'll be with me for it. Um, hopefully, hopefully he will. Um, and we'll be back. Well, Dave and I will be back with Paul on Monday morning. If you if you've watched live on YouTube or Facebook, um, please subscribe, like as well, and leave a review on the platform you're listening on. If you're listening on the audio podcast, even if you're not listening, if you're watching it live on YouTube and, and you got the audio podcast downloaded please go and give us a review on that because it really helps us out on there um we'll be back next week guys um thanks a lot for your time and stay safe stay well thanks for listening thanks for watching the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.